how you market your book is you pick your strategy, you test it out, you see what's working, you adjust, and you either go use the same strategy if it's working. If not, you pick another strategy. So and I'm not saying you have to do one at a time, but we do the exact same thing in my membership. There are, you know, here, here are 50 ways to market your book. You're not going to go and do all of them. It's overwhelming. So we'll look at your goals. We'll look at your market. We'll make an educated guess on, you know, the top five that might work. And then we go start experimenting with them. You're listening to Entrepreneur Journeys, where I share insights and strategies based on owning and managing businesses while traveling and living on three continents. I also interview business owners about their journey, what they learned along the way, and how that can help you with your business growth. For more resources to accelerate your entrepreneur journey, head over to gapologist.com, where I share resources, events, community, and more. I'm your host, Joe Matz. Let's get started. Hello, hello. And today I have with us Melody Ann Owen, and she's the founder of Author Nation and helps expert speakers and entrepreneurs transform their ideas into nonfiction books that they can integrate into their business. Welcome to the show, Melody. Thank you, Joe, for having me. I'm excited to be here. It is great to have you on here. Now, we've known each other for, what, about a year now? I think that's about right. Yes. It's always great to have friends on the show. Yes, yes. And you've done some great speaking for me and uh, the Grand Authors Group. So thank you. It has been a pleasure. And I know you've been to the Grand Podcasters Group. And we're talking about subgroups of the most excellent, awesome group and community called the Grand Connection. And Melody and I are both members. We're both members and we both lead uh, subgroups of the larger group as well in areas that people want to, you know, dig down into. Right. Exactly. Exactly. We've got a great group going with podcasters and you've got a great group going with authors. I really enjoyed talking with them recently. Yeah, we loved having you. Melody, where do you hail from today? I am in Vancouver and that's on the Canadian side of the border. So I'm in British Columbia. Yes, beautiful mountains, ocean, uh, lots of yoga and coffee as well. <laughs> <laughs> and for our, our folks who are not schooled in North American geography, are you on the western or eastern side of North America? I'm on the very western side um, of uh, Canada and, and North America, and I am on the very southern side of Canada. So, so the southwest, I live in the southwest corner southwest of corner. Canada. If you were any further west, you'd be in the Pacific Ocean. That's right. That's okay. Right. Gotcha. Exactly. <laughs> awesome. And, you know, we've spoken so much over the years. It's interesting to have you on the show because I can ask you all kinds of questions that I, I haven't asked you yet. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm, <in trouble>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to try to put you on the spot, but, okay. you know, the name of the podcast is Entrepreneur Journeys. And what we talk about are the journeys of entrepreneurs. Um, so we'd like to know a little bit about your story and, you know, the lessons you've learned along the way. Melody, did did you start out as an author or business owner? No. So I, I went to I went to the University of Waterloo 
and got a degree in English. So linguistics, professional writing. And then I ran away and traveled around the world and taught English, which was so much fun. I landed up in South America and Peru, where I taught at a university down there. And then because I was there, Oxford University Press found me and they hired me away from the university to be the representative in Peru and Chile and Ecuador and Bolivia. And so I was traveling and doing keynotes, uh, keynote talks and, you know, doing workshops and visiting the larger clients and doing some teacher training and all of that really fun stuff. So I started out in the uh, in in the teaching of of the english language and in the educational arm of oxford university press that's where my beginnings are and kind of why i now have author nation so there's been kind of a long journey to get here really yeah that sounds like an awesome journey and such a great adventure and experience yes yeah you know a, a lot of people don't know i owned a language school in italy oh wow I, fun yeah, and we taught English, Spanish, and German. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Fun. It was a lot of fun. A very exciting. A lot of fun. I, I worked eight and a half months a year. I had a great business going and had, <laughs> had great summers. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And there's the other part of, of running an English school is, you know, in, in Italy would be, you know, the opportunity for social. Right. Bringing the, you know, whoever's in the college together, learning English to, you know, socialize and whoever's ever learning German to go socialize. So I think that sounds like so much fun. It was. And, and I taught from, you know, little kids in, in middle school really? all the way to adults at community centers and things like that. And I, it, I got so busy. I had to hire teachers. Wonderful. Um, but, you know, in my journey, this, and this is interesting, I never thought of myself as an English teacher. In fact, in college, I had to do remedial English before I could get into college level English. Right. So my, my teachers would be rolling over in their graves right now. Oh, um, no, I think that that remedial English served you then, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, maybe it did. Maybe it did. Anyway, so when you get into teaching English so early in, in your career, what did you learn about teaching or what, what misconceptions were you confronted with? Right. So I think that one, I think one of the things I learned, because I've taught in Asia and I've taught in South America and I've taught in Canada, that different, different individual students have different learning styles, different ways you need to present information. But then on top of that, depending on where you're teaching, there are cultural implications as well. And so students from different cultures will approach learning and approach school in a different way based on how schooling is viewed in their country. And so that was a really interesting piece because when I was living in Asia, I was teaching students all of the same culture. And so they had all the same language issues. They had the same kind of viewpoint towards schooling and same in South America. You know, when I taught in Peru, then that you know the culture of peru was you know part of part of what i had to you know maneuver through in order to teach when i came to canada and i was teaching here and i actually ran an esl school here um then i had korean students and japanese students and german students and russian students and they all brought their own 
ideas of what education meant. And then, so that was a completely different experience. I, that was so much learning. And I, I, also, I also learned a lot through that. Of, there's no one right way to do anything ever. It was hmm. such a good lesson. You know, we, we grew up in a culture and, and a culture has a right way and a wrong way to do things. We have certain social norms and, yes. and like the unspoken rules. But if you travel enough, you'll realize they don't, like, they matter to your culture. But they're not the only way to do it. Right. They're not universal rules. Yes. Yeah. You know, I, I used to tell people about work in Italy. And I would, I would tell them, you know, the Italian, on your first job, your first day of the job, you get a full month off. You get a full four weeks of vacation. That's standard. So you only work 11 months, but you get paid for 13. Mm. Now, how does... How does that work, you know? And people would say, oh, man, I wish I had that here. I say, you can have that here. Here's what you have to do. First off, take a 30 to 40% drop in your pay. Now you can work 11 months and get paid for 13. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now, it's a little more complicated than that, but it's, it's the way they worked. And, you know, I had to learn in the summer times, People don't want to be in school in Italy. Italy is a, a huge peninsula with beautiful beaches. Yes. And nobody wants to work in the summer. That's why I, I didn't work in the summer either as an owner of the language school. So, exactly. Yeah. Lovely. Had to learn that and had to learn, like you said, how to teach and how to conduct a school. And I was very fortunate because I was mother tongue English. So, But people would say, well, that's. That's not how it's done. And I said, well, that's how we do it in America. So we're, we're, having te we're teaching English. We'll, we'll do it like they do it in America. I had no idea how they did it in America. Yes. <laughs> that was my excuse. Make it up. <laughs> <laughs> but it, hey, it worked out, right? It worked exactly. out. So you were traveling all over the globe. Yes. And you're not doing that now. No, no, I'm not doing that at the moment. I, um, I'm a mom. And so at some point, uh, so I had my first child while I was living in Peru. But at some point, I decided I wanted her to be educated in Canada. And so I came back to Canada and had my second daughter here. And they were, you know, they were raised in, in Vancouver under the bilingual education system that Canada has. It's a, a French immersion program. And I wanted them to be to be raised in in you know in in that educational environment. And uh, my youngest is in second year university, going into third year university. And so you know now um, maybe I can pull up roots and go <laughs> on adventures again. But for for many years, I decided I would I would have some roots in Vancouver and raise my kids and have them have go to the you know the same school, the same friends and. And give them that that stability. Not that any other way is wrong. It's just that was my choice. I know I know families who travel all the time with their kids, and it's a yeah. wonderful, it's a wonderful way to raise kids. I just decided how I was going to do it, and that's what I decided to do. Yeah. So yeah, but don't expect me to stay. <laughs> <laughs> the warning is out. Yes. <laughs> so when you when you stopped traveling around and you moved to Canada, what? Did you become a business owner? Was that was that in your mind at that at that point? So I first started uh, teaching for an English college here, 
So it, well, it wasn't actually an English college. It was a college. I started teaching in the English department. And a lot of what we did in that program was get students English up to par so they could go into the other college programs. And then I landed up running that program. And that's when I took the entrepreneurial leap. Once I was kind of reestablished in Canada and I, you know, I had a little bit you know, the landscape a little bit, went mm. through that culture shock of coming back to your own country and realizing you've changed, you know, they haven't, but you have. Um, then then I took the entrepreneurial leap. I went into an entre uh, entrepreneur's program. And uh, yeah, that's, that's where I took that leap. Okay, so you studied entrepreneurship before you opened your own business, is that correct? Well, Canada, Canada has um, programs, entre entrepreneurial programs that the government runs. And so if you want to become an entrepreneur, you can apply for a program and enter a program and you can learn, like they lead you through, basically they, they help you build a business plan. Okay. That's essentially what they're doing. It's a short program. They help you build a business plan so that you aren't leaping into a complete unknown. There is some semblance of these are the category you have to think about administration, you have to think about finance, you have to think about operation, you think about R&D, you have to think about products, right? So they give you kind of a, a like a, a step up. Okay, so, great. Yeah and, yeah, and we have something like that in the U.S. Many people know of the SBA or Small Business Administration or Association, anyway, the SBA, and they have a lot of resources online for entrepreneurs. Yes. Yeah, it's yes, it's it's a great. it's a great way to start, and it's mostly free with the SBA. Yes, well, that's the same in in Canada with a with the the program that they run. It's uh it's free, right? Yeah. It's not they don't charge you for it. And so, if you want to take the leap, because the government, and that makes sense in the United States, they want people to be entrepreneurial. They want people to start businesses and create jobs. I mean, this is. This is what we want people to do, right? Yes, yes. And so if somebody's willing to take that risk, and it is a risk, yep. then there should be some level of support for that. Yes. And, you know, in the U.S., the small small businesses employ, I think at one time I looked, it was 70 or 80 percent of people who are working for someone are working for a small business. So, yes, it definitely, definitely is something the government wants to promote. It's good for the economy. It's good for innovation. It's good for individuals. It's it's just awesome. Yeah, it's a really good economic decision, and the the stats are the same in Canada, by the way. Okay. Most yeah. Of small business. We either work for ourselves or small business. There are some large corporations, and they employ a lot of people, but percentage wise, most people work for small to medium business. Right. And if you're listening to this and you haven't understood yet, Melody and I are both big promoters of entrepreneurship. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so when you came out of that, um, can I call it a class? Sure. What, yeah, program. Program. Works. When you came out of that program, did you have a business plan? Yes, I had a business plan. And actually, my first business was around helping people do the, the market research and the marketing side of business. Okay. That was actually my first piece because I also love, I love writing and I love uh, publishing and teaching in English, but I also love marketing. Mm -hmm. And so that was that next piece for me it was market research and marketing and helping people, uh, helping businesses get on board with understanding how, if you understand your market, then you will know how to market to them. 
right? So people do a lot of kind of, you know, you know, throwing spaghetti at the wall, hoping it sticks in business. And what you want to do is understand your market deeply enough that you can figure out how to market to them in the best way. And there's still, when you when you start out, there's still the throwing spaghetti at the wall thing, yes. right? You don't know what's going to start, what's going to stick. But at least if you know your market, out of the hundreds of ideas, you can narrow it down to these, one of these five is probably going to work. I'll try these. Yes. Yeah, that's awesome. I am a big promoter of A-B testing, of dipping your toe in the water before leaping in. And believe it or not, so are the huge marketing firms. The marketing firms on Fifth Avenue who get paid millions and millions of dollars to do marketing, they're doing the A-B testing. Yes, they're experimenting. They're experimenting. It's not because they don't know. They have a wealth of knowledge, but they're still doing A-B testing. You and, and I think it's, it's wonderful that you started in that because so many people, so many entrepreneurs, so many people beginning can do A-B testing or market trying, you know, like like McDonald's. They'll they'll go to some some city in Indiana or something that they consider typical America and they'll introduce a new product. They'll introduce McEgg rolls or something, making that up. <laughs> Yes, McEgg rolls. <laughs> McEgg rolls. And if it takes there, they assume it'll 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 be a success throughout the yeah. US. We can um, do the same. Yeah. Well, I do that with authors. Okay. So when we have promotion in my so I have a community to membership. So in, in the membership, the how you market your book is you pick your strategy, you test it out, you see what's working, you adjust. And you either go use the same strategy if it's working. If not, you pick another strategy. So and I'm not saying you have to do one at a time, but we do the exact same thing in my membership. There are, you know, here, here are 50 ways to market your book. You're not going to go and do all of them. It's overwhelming. So we'll look at your goals. We'll look at your market. We'll make an educated guess on, you know, the top five that might work. And then we go start experimenting with them. Right. And if they were to pay millions of dollars to those firms on Fifth Avenue, they would do the same <laughs> because we don't we don't know. It's, it's hard to predict consumer preferences. And yes. and what worked last year may not work next year. Would you like to get in front of more of your ideal clients and at the same time build your brand and create evergreen content? Well, you can do that with podcast guesting. This very moment, you're listening to a podcast that may have been published today or three weeks ago or three years ago. In a very real sense, you're engaging with the speakers, hopefully enjoying yourself and learning something new at the same time. And you're getting to know the guests and how they help their clients, their customers, and the problems that they solve. You may even be their ideal client and want to learn more about them and download one of their free resources you can find in the show notes or maybe even become a client of theirs. See, when you're a guest on a podcast, you will enjoy that same kind of engagement. It is perhaps the easiest, most cost-effective way to get in front of new audiences. Learn how you can be a guest on the right podcast and engage with your ideal clients with the free resources available at gapologist.com. Oh gosh, yes. You've so seen, true, Joe. So <laughs> you've seen that. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. The past few years, things have changed so rapidly in the industry, in my industry anyways, with with the pandemic and now AI and you know the it's the changes are so rapid. 
in in my industry right now. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me a little more about Author Nation. What's what's that all about? So as when you introduced me, you know, you said we take experts, speakers, podcasters, entrepreneurs, people with a knowledge base they want to share, a message they want to share, and we put them through actually five stages. And so we have um, you know, the the planning stage. So you you we call it the author roadmap. So you design okay. your book. You this is where you figure out who your ideal reader is, you know what your goals are, you you know have a concept and a working outline. And then stage two, it's the wordsmith uh, mastery, and that's where you're honing your writing skills. And these are things, these are skills, this stage, these are skills that will last you forever. I have authors who go on and say like, now I can just write, right? You're honing your skills, you're learning how to story tell all the important pieces. And then you publish, we call it publish with purpose. And there are four different ways that we talk about you can publish your book, kind of broad categories of publishing. We figure out what's right for you. And then you go and you you do that. And then you launch. And then you go to uh, promotion, which is the, the you know, when you're sustaining it, right? Okay. And so we have the five stages. Each stage has a set of milestones. And each milestone has a set of action steps that you need to take. So it's so clearly laid out for authors that they're not wasting any time searching on Google or writing the wrong material. It's so well laid out. So that's essentially what I do. I have my own system and I lead authors through it so that they spend less time, less effort, less stress, feel more confident about it and write a better book. So more chances of success. Right. Well. Yes. Yeah. And it, it is important to have a roadmap to no, to, to hone and, and focus your energies. Yes. If not, you waste a lot of time, right? right? How many people have been writing books for years or talking about writing books for years or started a book and shelved it or, you know, so, so this, this, the way I've designed it, that deals with all of those problems, the imposter syndrome that I don't have time. I don't have focus. I don't have, that deals with all of those issues. Yeah. Cause that's, that's what you've seen as you've worked with authors. That's exactly it. Yeah, great. And I, and I know a lot of people who have mentioned they want to write a book. And, and it was, you know, I've been working on this book for 10 years. I'm like, well, okay. <laughs> yes. And, and that's not a problem. When, you know, I think when you get serious, when you say, that's it, I'm tired. I'm tired of saying it's been 10 years. It doesn't reflect well on me to say it's been 10 years. Then it's time to get in touch with Melody. Yes, exactly. Yes. It's, yes. And it's okay if a book takes you, there's this whole myth right now that, oh, write a book in a weekend, write a book in five hours, write a book. Honestly, why are we, why do we feel so pressured once we start writing a book? What is the urgency to have it done now? I find it really interesting, our world and, you know, you know, marketing, right? It's this is marketing urgency. It's all fits together. But you don't actually need to whip through a book. You can slow down and take your time and write a book that will really, truly last forever. There are books that we read that were published 30 years ago. Yes. You write a book like that, but not in a weekend. So, you know, take your pick, right? But I don't I don't understand that whole, do it now. Um, you, everything doesn't have to happen right this very instant. Success isn't like that, right? Right. It's, right. it's a build-up. Yeah. It's a buildup and it takes time. Even when you focus on my my mom has written a couple of books and they've taken years. 
uh, with the research, with uh, she's even traveled to islands and places to to gather research and yes, yeah. and what fun! They're fascinating, fascinating <laughs> books, and the story of her writing it. I get to follow along on her journey as as we talk each week. Yeah. Yes, and what fun for her, and what fun for the readers. Yes. She's not sitting there trying to push something out in 24 hours and just like go, go, go. She's exploring her life, herself, the world. And then she translates that into something that the armchair adventurer can go with her. Right. What a, that's, a, that's a beautiful way to think of a book. Yes, I like that. My, my wife is actually reading a book about uh, Charles Lindbergh and his trip across the Atlantic. Absolutely amazing. I, I love that she's reading it because she keeps me informed on what's going on and tells me the interesting parts. I don't yeah. have to read it. And so we, we share that information. <laughs> reading vicariously, are you? I am. I feel like I read the book, but you know, she's, that's what we do when we walk the dogs. We, we talk about the book she's reading. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. How does someone know when it's the right time to contact you and learn more about Author Nation? Hmm. I generally say you don't want to do this at the beginning of your career or if you're just brand new as an entrepreneur. Generally, when you're right at the beginning, what you're trying to do is bring in money now. Hmm. A book is usually about leveling up. It's not usually about launching. You can write a book to launch a business, but then you have to be willing to invest something in it ahead of time. I'm more of a bootstrapper kind of person. So I always suggest, you know, get get on the entrepreneur road first, right? Have have a little bit of confidence in that journey and then come write a book to help you take that next step in the journey. Hmm. You know, don't come out of university and try to write a book about your career. Get on the career road for a few years, then come to me and say, now I have some insights about my industry and I want to write a book. That's when I think you're, but generally I think people are ready when they've been in something for a while and they're like, we could be doing this better. Mm. I have a way, I have a better way. You know, that's, that's when you want to write a book. That's I have a strong message about. now. That's when you want to write it. Right. So you need that knowledge, experience and expertise. Um, otherwise, what are you writing about? Yes. Well, in other words, if you're if you do it the other way, you, what you're doing is you're writing a PhD because that's what PhDs do, right? They start, they do their bachelor's degree, and then they get their master's. And as they're going, they're researching and reading and writing. They're building their knowledge, and it turns into a PhD, which is a PhD in the end is a book, isn't it? And so it's not that you can't do that, but we call mm. those a PhD. Okay. Right? <laughs> so gaining expertise by doing the research and writing the book. There's nothing wrong with doing that. Hmm. But how much does a PhD cost? Yeah, I'm sure, you know, it's very expensive. Right. So you probably don't want to come to me and do your PhD. You probably want to come to me with some experience with a message that you want me to help you craft into a book. Okay. That, that makes perfect sense. Perfect yeah. sense. At what stage... So let's say someone has an idea for a book, right? And, and they've had it for a while and they have an outline and they have a folder on their computer with notes and, and maybe, maybe an, like an official, can I say official outline kind of thing. Yeah. Can they still get into your program or have they already done things that make, make them further along? They can't begin at the beginning because they have this outline. Yes. You can come in at any time. I have worked with authors who have, you know, two chapters left to write and they got stuck. 
And usually it's interesting that you say they have an outline because most people don't do the working outline, which is one of the big pitfalls, because then what happens, you know, those people who've been writing a book for six years, usually what happens is they don't have an outline. So they're writing and they're writing and they're writing. And by the time you really look at it, they have four different books, (laughs) all this information, and they're just not really clear. So, you know, no matter where you are in the process, if you are stuck, come to me, I will get you unstuck. And and sometimes you don't like it because I take you back to the basics. We get like, what is the concept of this book? Because what you're writing, this could be three different books. There are three concepts here. We need to narrow it down into one concept, have a really good working outline, and then put the information where it belongs, and then put the others for the next book, and then finish up this book. I mean, that's just one scenario that, that, you know, you're not at the beginning, but you've come to me. Some people come to me, they have a draft finished, and they don't know what to do. Like, how do I publish this? You know, I don't know, do I do self? Do I do traditional? Do I do hybrid? Do I do partner? And and then they come to me and I, I you know, come into the program and we help them sort through all of those options to find the best one for them. That makes perfect sense. It's mm-hmm. such a resource for people who who haven't published before, haven't written or haven't moved on beyond the, the draft. It's There's so much to writing a book. You make it sound so simple. Or... <laughs> well, yeah. I like to call it the easy way. It's the easy way. Yes. Well, you've got the experience. You've, you've helped many, many authors get their books published and, and have successful launches. Yeah. yeah. So we call it the easy way because there is the hard way too, right? The searching on Google. You don't, you, you don't have one of those easy buttons, do you? No, I don't. Do I need an easy button? No, please. No. Okay. I, just, <laughs> I don't have one. I don't have one. <laughs> Great. Well, you know what? It's time, Melody. We have come to the lightning round. I swear I'm going to get some music behind that introduction. Lightning round or questions where I will ask a number of questions and you'll give the answer. Okay, let's go. Real quick. Okay. Yeah. How has your entrepreneurial journey transformed you? My life is so much more meaningful now than it was being an entrepreneur brings so much meaning to my life i love what i do i love the people i work with oh nice what most surprised you as a business owner i get to make it up right we just talked about my my those five stages so you know it's not like i i made it up i invented the publishing world but i looked at everything and i designed something i made that up to help people go from idea to successfully published so when you're an entrepreneur you get to make it up (laughs) Okay. What unexpected challenge have you had to overcome? Oh, I'm going to twist this a little bit. I really struggled working for other people. I Anything bureaucratic, really hard for me. I don't understand why we have to do it the way we've always done it or why we need a committee, right? Mm. So, so that was a big challenge for me. And when I became an entrepreneur, all of that left. And so there was this beautiful freedom that I really love. So sorry, I'm twisting that question on you a little bit, but. Yeah, so so you had the challenge when you were working for others and you didn't have that challenge as, as you became your own boss and your own company. Exactly. Great, yeah, I love that. I love the freedom. What book has made a big impact on you and who would you recommend it to? Okay, so because this is about an entrepreneurial journey, um, what to do when it's your turn and it's always your turn is the book and it's by Seth Godin. And this is it right here. What to do when it's your turn and it's always your turn. 
because, and I'm, I'm, I'm in this too. We're always asking for, we're always waiting for permission. Hmm. If you're going to be an entrepreneur, you have to stop waiting for permission. There's no permission. Nobody's giving you permission. When you work for a corporation, you're always, you know, your boss will say yes or no. When you're a kid, your parents say yes or no. Your spouse may say yes or no. But when you're an entrepreneur, just do it. You just, just have to do it. Do it. You only do it. You know, and this book, this book will help you pass through that and transform into the person who doesn't need to ask for permission. And that's so important for an entrepreneur Perfect. or anyone. Yes. Perfect. Yeah. What advice would you give to aspiring entrepreneurs in your industry? So I'm going to say uh, from this book, it's your turn. Go make it up. Experiment. I think those are really important, right? Don't wait for permission. Go get in there. Go do it. If you don't know how to do it, do your research, take your expertise, make it up and experiment with it there's not one right way right no there's right? not there's not yeah and you've got to put your own spin on it absolutely otherwise you're just doing what everyone else is doing and you just become um lost in the crowd let's say exactly that's the make it up part right 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 you, you do it it's yours right i love that <laughs> yeah that's awesome so the freedom of entrepreneurship i think that, that that's kind of a theme i see in in your own journey melody absolutely yes it, freedom and and more meaning i have more meaning in my life as an entrepreneur not just the freedom even if i didn't feel free the meaning my life is so meaningful mm. and that's so important to me to have meaning in my life i'm 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 helping people i see the changes i see the transformations yeah. I'm not locked in an office somewhere. I'm out there working with people. I think you're creating meaning or helping people express their meaning yeah. and helping them write their books and getting their story out there. Exactly. That's exactly. That's got to be so satisfying. It is. It is. Absolutely. Thank yeah. you, Joe. That, that's so awesome. That's awesome. And Melody, how can people learn more about you and, and Author Nation? Yeah, you can come over to actually, you know what, you go to authornation.online. If you pop over to authornation.online, that's where I keep all my resources. And I have a resource for every stage of the process, whether you're planning or writing or publishing or promoting, I have a resource to help you through that stage. And so that's a really great way to get started. And also you can always go over to my website, authornation.community. And that's where you'll find the community itself, authornation.community. Okay, wow. Well, you answered the next question, which was, do you have any resources for our listeners today? And they'll find them at authornation.online. That's correct. We're going to have these links in the show notes, of course. Uh, but Thank if you're just listening and you're not watching and you don't want to go to the show notes, it's real easy. We've said it four or five times. It's authornation.online or authornation.community. Perfect. Thanks, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Melody, it has been a pleasure to have you on Entrepreneur Journeys. And I, I, I'm inspired by your journey. Thank you. It's been a fun conversation. Yes, it's time flies by real fast, doesn't it? It does. Thank you again. Have a great Thank day. Thank you. You Bye. too.
Thank you for listening to Entrepreneur Journeys. Remember to subscribe so you catch all the episodes and check out the show notes for any free giveaways or gifts that were mentioned during this show. Entrepreneur Journeys is brought to you by Apexable, providing the insights, tools, and transformative structures to help you reach your business summit. I'm your show host, Joe Matz, and until next time, I hope your journey is filled with breathtaking views and successful outcomes.